And welcome to episode, what is it, 14? 14 of the final call. Older wow. than me. <laughs> As always, I'm Andrew Fantuccio. Alongside me, let's see, who's here today? What, what, what name do I got for you? Ben Meningococcus. Oh, God, what is that? <laughs> what? You just made that up. No, it's just, it's just some form of bacteria. That's a made-up word. So, Ben Meningococcus, and always, always the man with the easiest name in the room, mm-hmm. Jason Snow. That's me. That I, is you. I envy I envy Jason with this, just, just Jason Snow. All right, guys. Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. Uh, a bit, little disappointing to start this season so far. Start here at the half, they're just about the halfway point. They have gotten themselves on a nice little three-game winning streak. They beat the LA Clippers last night at home and probably their most impressive win of the season. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a statement win. But they're still only 34 and 21, fifth in the East. They do have the best home record in the NBA, 25 and 2, but they've been absolutely abysmal away from Wells Fargo Center. Mm. 9 and 19 on the road. So, you know, and this was a team that when we did our NBA preview segment earlier on, we all had Philadelphia as the one or two. Yeah, like final four. Like final, like we, if it wasn't Milwaukee one, it was Philadelphia and they were just flipped Mm -hmm. for for each of us. Mm -hmm. And now they're sitting at five in the East. They got Indiana's ahead of them. No, Indiana. They have Boston. They have Miami. They have. Milwaukee and Indiana. I believe Indiana's the four. Toronto. Toronto's Tor- oh, two. Toronto. Toronto, Milwaukee, Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, and Miami are, are all ahead of yep, them. Yep, yep, yep. Right? I don't know what... I think Indiana's the six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah. So I got to ask, what do you think is the biggest... What's holding the Sixers back right now? We all have them as one of the premier teams in the NBA, and they've really sort of... Uh, they've fallen off. What, what's, what do you think it is, Jason? I think the main component is chemistry. But I think chemistry leaks into how they actually play. So let me let me unpack this real quick. A lot to get into. Please, here. yes. Uh, so they they don't have many shooters on the outside. That's been well documented over the past couple of months. But they're 22nd in the league in points per game. They're 23rd in three-point attempts and 17th in three-point percentage. And they don't shoot well from the free-throw line. Translation, you're not going to win many games, especially on the road. I, we'll get into if they have a coaching deficit later on in the, uh, in the segment. But... They, they try to add some shooters, some bench shooters, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson the third. I don't know if that's enough, but I really think getting rid of J.J. Redick, Marco Bellinelli over the past couple of years. Jimmy Butler. Right. I think that's really been hurting him, and Ben Simmons isn't a lethal three-point shooter. We know that. He's been trying to get more attempts up, but that's still lacking, and I think Embiid clogging up the paint closes lanes for Ben Simmons to drive. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the points you just said, Jason. Um, Joel Embiid kind of seems like he's... He's not comfortable out there. I think he needs to kind of get... I mean, he said it himself. He wants to get back to where he was before. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, being that that pest on the defensive end, you know, uh, just making sure that the paint was his, you know. And everyone was saying he was supposed to be the next Hakeem Olajuwon, really, because he, he had the talent. Mm-hmm. He had the footwork. And, I mean, yeah, he, he is injured, like, now and then, but he's supposed to be the leader of this team. Ben Simmons ain't the leader of this team. I mean, he's too young. Uh, but I think the main problem of this team, and I've been saying this for years, way before the final call was even a thing, I think Brett Brown needs to go. I really do. And this is because before when they drafted Embiid, he was out with the, the foot injury his first year, so he didn't play. Mm-hmm. They, went, they, lo- they won 10 games, I believe. Okay? 10. That's awful. 
I mean, they <laughs> talk about tanking. That's like <laughs> that's more of like a straight nosedive. Okay, <laughs> so. And this is when, around the time when all this noise started about Brett Brown getting fired and, you know, should Brett Brown's job be in question? Then, it, of course, after that, Embiid comes back. He proves that he's actually, you know, a good player. Then they draft Simmons, and then he turns out to be a great player. So I think because they have so much talent, it's kind of masking the coaching that Brett Brown is doing. Yes, they can win games, but they cannot win playoff games they cannot win championships and I think that's where Brett Brown comes in and I think he's a problem I think he's got to go the 76ers they're a one-dimensional offense I think that's their biggest problem when the process was happening their former GM who their his idea of building this roster was his best player he had no vision for this team get them in the building and we'll figure it out later it, that you can't draft that way. You have to have some sort of idea when you're building a team of what you want this team to look like. And it seemed to me is like when Ben Simmons was available, they picked him first overall because like, all right, this is the guy. We wanted him to be the focal point of our team, and has he hasn't developed into that yet. Luckily, Joel Embiid has. Joel Embiid is an MVP caliber player. Unfortunately, he's a center, so he'll never win it. But he is an MVP caliber player. And yeah. the Sixers were not prepared for that type of offense. So they ha- they don't have any shooters. They're a one-dimensional team. They're, they can only really score in transition. The 76ers remind me a lot of NFL teams who can only run the ball and can only pass in play action, i.e. the Rams, the Titans. That was the Patriots this year. The Jaguars, the Patriots from this year. Mm-hmm. They're a one-dimensional offense. When Joel Embiid can't score or the defense is too focused on him, the, uh, the rest of the offense can't score because you don't want to move him too far outside because he's not he's not exactly a knockdown three-point shooter all the time. And you get, you get and, Ben Simmons. And if he's clogged the lane yeah. and he's got three guys defending him, he's not scoring. So he can't pass out and shoot in anyone, to anyone who can shoot. Mm-hmm. The 70s, they're, they're too one-dimensional. Ben, you brought up that you think ben, uh, that Brett Brown should be fired. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that this is a guy who doesn't know how to develop young talent. I don't think he knows how to keep his guys focused either. You've seen Embiid check out. You've seen Simmons check out from time to time. Jason, how about you, though? What do you think about Brett Brown? I I like Brett Brown because, like you said, Ben, er, earlier, he brought this team up from a disgusting place. Yeah, it yeah. It was like 29 teams and then... What is that Moneyball quote? 50 feet, uh, 50 feet of crap. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. brought them up from there. So he knows this team. He knows kind of, I think he knows the ceiling of this team. But don't get me wrong. 30, 34 and 21, 13 games above 500. They're a good team. But I, don't you think that record is not good enough compared to the talent on this roster? I, I'm going to say it first, though. I whiffed this offseason when I, when I came well, yeah. out and said. I think we all did, yeah. yeah. I thought Al Horford was going to be a bigger more momentous piece for them going into fourth quarters, road games. That hasn't panned out. So I'm just going to admit it. I was wrong on that one. Uh, but in terms of Brett Brown being fired, I would give it one more run this season. And if it doesn't work out, then it, it all leads up to who's out there as an upgrade. I don't want to get into candidates, but it all leads up to who's out there for me. I'm just worried about what's their ceiling with Brett Brown. 
Like he, he, how far can he really take them? I think last year was their best team on paper. I mean, they had JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler. They had a great team. They had perimeter shooters. I mean, get that. Like get get people around Embiid and Simmons who can't shoot that well. Give them shooters. You know, and it's just with Brett Brown. I don't know how you can like like you said, Andrew. It's a one dimensional. It's a one dimensional offense. Okay. And I think that has to do with Brett Brown. So I think Brett Brown is the um, is the reason. And now it's not it's not Brett Brown's fault that they're not a good three point shooting team. He he can only drive the car with the keys he's given. So it's not necessarily his fault that they got rid of JJ Redick at that price. They brought in Josh Richardson, which is a defensive hound. I think that he's a good role player, and he has all the talent in the world, but I just don't think he's good enough from the outside to kind of get them out of this rut from who's going to drive the lane, who's going to be inside, you know. And he he was – Jimmy Butler last year was their closer. Yes. They lose him. Uh, that was a big – yeah. They, they lost a lot of players over the offseason, Redick, Butler. And the guy the, – the, their main piece that they brought in, Al Horford, really hasn't worked out. He's had a terrible season so far. He's been invisible, I think. I mean, I thought he was going to be a huge pickup for them. And, I mean, he was great with the Celtics. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, how could he—we uh, uh, won't get into that with the Celtics because Kyrie happened. Yeah, well— But, again, but he should have—I think the idea was, okay, they they saw the size that Milwaukee had. Mm-hmm. They needed more than just Giannis. They needed more than just Joel Embiid down low to stop Giannis on the Kumbo. Mm-hmm. They felt that Horford could have been that extra guy and also allowed— and B to step out so that you have a little bit more room down low. But Horford hasn't even worked out. This was again a bad team job by their by Elton Brand, their current general manager, letting key pieces walk, and a poor job by their former general manager by drafting pieces without any sort of vision. Mm-hmm. The 76ers are a team without a blueprint. And now they sort of they have to sort of adjust on the fly and create one around Joel Embiid. And that brings me to my my point that Joel Embiid was getting booed by the Philadelphia crowd last yeah, night. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yep. And you know Philadelphia fans, they're they, again they booed Santa Claus. They threw snowballs at Santa Claus. So they're, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say they're That's always. That's because they all got coal for Christmas. That's why. You know, I'm not gonna say uh, Sixer fans are always, yeah, or Philadelphia fans are in general always uh, of sound mind. <laughs> They're not. They don't have the best class. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Brotherly love. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. But I would say that. You know, I don't. I don't think they have the right to ju- the Bua Joel Embiid. To be honest, I, I agree. agree. I don't. I agree. I think this is a guy who, who, again, he. There are times where he checks out of the game. There are times where he stops paying attention. The amount of times that Joel Embiid has been like the reason that they win games. The amount of times that he's put up like ridiculous stat lines. Okay, and. Joel Embiid is all in on this Sixers team. Like he love he loves I think he loves playing in Philadelphia. I don't know why players are booing him just cuz he made he made one little cryptic Instagram post and now everyone hates him. Like why? That, I mean <laughs> well, that doesn't to really me, Joel Embiid, he's the center of your team. And I don't mean like positionally wise. He's the center of your roster. Yeah, absolutely. You build around him. He's your main scorer, scorer, and I feel he has a right to be a little upset with this team. Yeah, he's carrying them. There, he feels that there's talent on this roster that hasn't been touched yet. They haven't reached their full potential, and 
he has the right to be upset. But Jason, what do you think? I mean, do you think that Joel Embiid has a right? Should this team be better than they really are? Yeah, he is total. He has a right to be upset because I think that he gets. I don't. I got to be careful here because <laughs> I don't want to say something stupid. But I think he's kind of getting taken advantage, um, taken for granted, because everything's about Ben Simmons. Everything's like, oh, we got to ship Joel Embiid out of town because he doesn't fit Ben Simmons. If I'm Joel Embiid, I'm the best player here. Yeah. I'm looking around the practice here. I'm the best player, and you don't want to build around me. I don't know. I I think that this team has hit its ceiling. I think second round exit to a talented Toronto team last year. I think that's their secret. That's their ceiling. So then that leaves me. What's your solution? Because I have mine, but Ben yours first. I how know do you, mine. How do you fix this Philadelphia team? How do you get them to a championship caliber level? I think you need to fire Brett Brown. I know. I know he might not be the the reason. I know Elton Brand has a lot to do with getting rid of players, but I think. I mean, you said it, Andrew. I mean, a one dimensional offense. Um, they've kind of been, they haven't really gone anywhere since has, as long as Brett Brown has been there. I mean, yes, they, he did bring them back from, you know, having the worst record in the league to being a playoff contender, but how much of that is to do with him and how much of that to do is like the talent that he acquired over the years, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, the pieces that they got. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, Brett Brown with this, with all these tools and all these weapons, he should be able to have a legitimate shot at making the NBA Finals. And we're sitting here right now going, they're a fifth seed? And, you know, it's not even the All-Star break yet. And, like, they just don't look They don't look like they mesh, you know? And like you said, Jason, it's just team chemistry. And I think a lot of that starts at the top with the head coach. So I think you got to get rid of Brett Brown. So my idea is, yeah, fire Brett Brown. And then you got to find pieces to surround Joel Embiid with. Joel Embiid is now the focal point of your team. He's your star. He's your number one player. You can try to develop Ben Simmons, but if his shooting doesn't develop, what good is he? Because then he can really only score in transition. So I'd either really hope that Simmons develops in the next year and a half, or I trade Ben Simmons for some shooters. For some shooters. Ooh, I don't know about that. Because what's Ben Simmons? Is he right now? Would you pick Ben Simmons number one overall compared to who else was picked with in that draft with him? Yes. You would have. I probably Instantly. would. I yes. don't know. Not even a question. Yeah, I think I would. Jalen Brown. Yeah. Oh, ben, yeah. Ben Simmons is better than Jalen Brown. Jamal Murray. Lonzo ben Ball. Than Jamal Murray. Well, I wouldn't pick him over Lonzo. <laughs> I, I pick him over Lonzo Ball. But I I mean, but look, Jason Tatum's an all-star this year. A bona fide all-star. So is Ben Simmons. But look, look at the seasons both are both of them are having. I think you can say Tatum's having a better season. It looks ben better. Simmons is basically LeBron if LeBron couldn't shoot. Mm, I don't know. He's not good defensively. He's not the passer LeBron is yet, but LeBron's been in the year a lot longer. He can pass. Yeah, he's a serious passer. Here's my solution, all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying ship him out of town today, but if he doesn't start to show some signs that he can really shoot, because he, again, we're all saying that Joel Embiid is your number one guy. Mm -hmm. Simmons can be number two, but he's got to turn into that, right? And he's a long way he's from young. being there. Yeah. But so was, so was Embiid. Embiid was only taken two years before Simmons. Yeah. So it's not. This is a young roster, but you can surround and be with better pieces, really good pieces by trading Ben Simmons. I'm not saying it's the best. It's not. It's you. Sh it should be Plan A, but it shouldn't be Plan Z either. It should be like C or D. You know. I, I go the complete opposite route. I say trade Embiid, even though he's the best player, he'd probably get more value back. And I see where you're coming from, Andrew. Don't trade your best player, but we've seen how big man centric teams work. Carl Anthony Towns. 
one playoff run in what five years. Mm. So I, I think you trade Embiid, get some picks, go into the offseason and say, all right, we're done being the most talented. The Wolves might be a great comp for this team, though. Because again, but again, Wiggins has, didn't turn into what they thought he would be. Right, but if you say if you say we're just going to find an identity, and I think that the best identity for them get shooters, run in transition, be a high yes. octane offense. If you can go out in the offseason and try to find a suitor for an Al Horford, just say scrap all this talent because Milwaukee's not the most talented team. Chris Middleton's not the most. He's their second best player, and he's not the most talented player. He was an All Star last year. He was, but like. Pure talent. I don't think he's up. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I understand. Yeah, Milwaukee has found a way to build a roster that fits Giannis's strengths, and they haven't done that for Ben Simmons. And with and if I had to choose like who to trade, Ben Simmons or Embiid, I'd probably trade Embiid only because I think Simmons's ceiling is higher. I agree. I think his ceiling, but I, I think he can more, do more with the ball. I think it's more likely that Embiid hits his ceiling than Simmons does, though. I don't know. I don't that. know. No. I don't know. I disagree. How long How long do you really want to wait for Ben Simmons to finally start hitting threes, though? How long do you really want to wait for that? It doesn't matter if he's not able if to If you threes. have a championship-caliber roster right now with an all-star MVP-level player in Joel Embiid, why would you give that up? Because then if you get rid of Embiid, get a bunch of shooters in return, surround Ben Simmons with a bunch of shooters, he just has to drive the lane and kick it out. Yep. It's not a center's league anymore. No, it really isn't, and the the Warriors kind of proved that over the past few years. I think you know the big. That's why they keep saying that the the center and the big man is kind of like a dying art form because like you don't see much of that anymore. We don't see Shaquille O'Neal's and Hakeem Olajuwon's anymore. But and the the Bucks don't have a great center. The Clippers don't have a great center. The Celtics don't have a great center. The Warriors two years ago didn't have a great center. Mm-hmm. Houston just ditched the center. Yep. It's not a center's league anymore. It's all around the perimeter now. It's bef- for like 50 years in the NBA, it was all about scoring the paint. Now it's all on the arc, the three-point arc. And now arc. you have a, a center who could dominate down low. You have the one anomaly, le- anomaly left. And B could be a force down there. If there's no one else in the league to defend him. And then he goes down the other end of the court and he can't defend anyone on the outside. But that's what you defend. You surround him with shooters. You got to move where the league is going and not go backwards. That's I know, my man. theory. I, 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 don't, I don't like they did give it my best player. I really don't. Speaking of best players, later on the show, you will get to hear our NBA fantasy draft. That's coming up in the final segment. But first, coming up here after the break, our thoughts on the potential changes that might be coming to some playoffs in the NBA, MLB, yes. and NFL. Coming up here next on the final call. For listening to Radio Massasoit, we play music the way you like it. Massasoit Community College, located in Brockton, Canton, and Middleborough. Massasoit Community College, changing lives for over 50 years. So, some proposed playoff realignments are coming. Yesterday, Major League Baseball was the third of the four major North American sports leagues to propose some changes to their playoff format. NBA's already done it. The NFL's throwing around. It's kicking the tires on it. So before we even get into what these changes may, may, may or may not be, do you feel that any of these leagues need to make any changes? If I had to, like... Out of the NFL, NBA, and MLB, I mean, the NBA has been kind of 
playing with the idea of changing around the playoff structure for a few years now. Just uh, like, you know, I've heard, you know, making it more like March Madness with the, uh, you know, the tournament or, you know, just doing a, uh, like there's no East and West. It's just all seeding. Um, I don't know. I mean, I... I'm I'm a guy of routine, so like I like just keeping things the way they are and just kind of rolling with that. But I mean I don't know. That's that's how I feel about Jason. That. How about you? Any uh, broken systems out there? No real broken no real broken systems. But I kind of like the direction the uh, MLB is going. And you want me to break it down? How they're no no. Just I want yes or no yes or no on changes. Period. Do they do changes need to be made? No changes needed, but I wouldn't be opposed to them. All right, so. I think the only one that really needs a change, I actually, I would say two. Baseball needs the, needs the change. They need to overhaul their entire sport. <laughs> and I think basketball could use a change just so that it's not so top-heavy. But it's not a desperate change needed. They're not desperate for the change. But baseball, what they're doing I like, but there's some changes I want to make to it. So Major League Baseball, they want to add, what is it? Three wild card teams now, plus three division winners. Am I right on that, Jason? Yes. So what they want to do is that that number one division winner gets a first round bye. The one with the best record. Right. The best division winner gets a first round bye. So wait, no, seven teams. So they so three division winners, four wild card teams. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Number one division winner. So say the so say the Yankees get the, have the best record in the American League this year. They get a bye. Then you have. The Indians, or the Twins, and the Astros win the Central and the West. And then you have three wildcard teams from each division, or one wildcard team from each division. Those remaining six, or four, I'm, I'm so lost on this math. Anyways, one first round bye out of the three division winners and four wildcard teams. Okay? Mm-hmm. One team gets a bye. The, other, the, the remaining pool plays uh, two out of three tournament per series to get... To advance to the uh, to the next round, I want to stick with what baseball has in terms of the one game playoff. I like the idea of adding teams, but baseball needs to stick with the one game playoff idea because th- those are the best nights of the season to me. Instant drama, game on the line. It's it's, it's essentially a bunch of game sevens. Yes, I want to keep that hype. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to two out of three. It just drags out even more. Baseball's already long enough. The series season already goes into early November, as it is. You don't need to drag things out anymore. You already play 162 games. That instant drama is, I think, exactly what baseball needs. I disagree. I, I, I don't like how the whole season's a marathon, but when it really counts, it's a sprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't like how we wait six months, and then all of a sudden your, your season can be over on a fluky play. Uh, ground ball gets through the third baseman's legs go into the shallow outfield. Boom, your season's over. Yep. I don't. I think a th- best out of two, um, best out of three series in the wild card would be a good idea, because uh, on a fluky pitching matchup, you can lose a one game playoff instantly. But right. If, if the Yankees go into that series knowing, hey, we have Garrett Cole two out of three times. All right, we'll take that. You know what I mean? You see the full roster. I, I think you see the best aspects of every team that way i think it's just a better layered series yeah i agree um i think with the the one game playoff is a great idea i love the the suspense of that would be awesome and i think that would draw a lot of new fans 
but I mean, like you said, Jason, one bad game, you're done. It could be the best team in the uh, in the league. Um, we saw this with you know, like over the years, you know, great teams like the the '07 Pats, for example. They had one bad game when it counted, and it could be like a similar situation with uh, you know, like mm-hmm. the Yankees could be on a hot streak with Garrett Cole, and then Garrett Cole could let up three runs late in the ninth, and it's like, you know, and then it's it's the season's over. So, but that's perfect. I think the instant drama that baseball needs—it's—it's it's quick. It's a bunch of game sevens. It's perfect because game seven is—it's heightened drama. It's—you have the most eyes on it, the highest stakes there is. You don't need a two to three game series for a, a team that went uh, that has a record of under ninety. I think it would also be effective in bringing out the best in the players because then they would say, okay. Like, it's not game one of the series. This is game seven. We need to, like, you know, pull out all the stops. We're going. And I like giving the first team the best division winner a first-round bye because it makes the regular season mean a little bit more. You don't have to play in that one-game playoff. Mm-hmm. It creates more room for upsets. It creates more uh, storylines, I think. I think it's perfect. But do you get the clarity that we're the better team than them concretely? Because anything can happen in one game. Exactly. So... We don't really get that defined, we're better than you. Unless the game is like 16 nothing. But if the game's close and it happens like a wacky finish, yeah, we don't get that clear. And, I mean, I hate to bring it up again, but like the 07 Pats was that exact situation. The, the Patriots were way better than that Giants team. But because they had one bad game, it's like, oh, well, who was better in the end? Like, no one, no one thinks that they, the Giants were better that day. Or they, they weren't better that season. But that day, the Giants happen to be better. And I think baseball would want the best teams to go to the World Series. I think the Yankees have the best team on paper other than the Dodgers in the major leagues. Don't you think the MLB don't you think MLB wants them as far as they can get? I mean, yeah, they're the But then if you get that first round by, you then you get the chance to play in that series. You get then you get a series. You then you get to play in the divisional round, which is best of five. I, I That's why that first round by is so important. Just, it makes the regular season matter more. So you're saying not just it's not the whole playoff. No, just the one the, the wild card round is a one game playoff for seeds uh 7 through 2. It's interesting. It's definitely very interesting. I think they should do it, but just yeah. Keep the one game playoff. All right, how about the NBA? They want to reseed the final the semifinal round or the the conference final round. So instead of having a West final and East final, say the based off rec- regular season record, the best team in the West is the number one seed, and then there's the four seeds, the East team. One would play four. They would reseed the, the conference finals, to, so it's not so that way you get the absolute best product in the finals. How hmm. do we feel about that? It's good on paper, but I don't. Uh, see, I'm not a fan of this one either because the East teams would face the East teams most in the regular season. Like, they meet each other the most amount of times. Like yeah. East faces West in the regular season two times per team. So, and I just really want, I like the best of the East versus best of the West. And unfortunately, the past couple of years, the Cavs have been kind of subpar to the Warriors, and it's just kind of been lopsided. But I, I just don't like how we just have that mismatch. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want King of the East, King of the West. I like it how it is. Yeah, I agree. I like having the East. East, like the best comes out of the East, the best comes out of the West. Um, everything, 
every the, the playoffs right now are good with the with the NBA. I mean, you got eight teams on both sides. You got uh, the, I mean, the last two rounds are always nail biters. I mean, the past few years, I mean, the semifinals for or the Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals the past few years have been nail biters both mm-hmm. times. And then you got the then like you said, the finals have kind of been like you know mismatches, but. I love the way that it is right now. I don't really see a need to change it, um, just because I think you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, to me, I think if we're gonna reseed the conference final, why have conferences in the in the uh, in, right. in general? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Last one. NFL. What they want to do? Extend the season to eighteen team to eighteen games, and then add one more playoff team. So instead of having no, and add two more playoff teams. So having eight teams instead of six and giving only the, a first-round bye to only the first seed. What do you think about that? So this one's interesting. I I kind of like it, but I don't think it's going to happen. So with the players already complain about playing too much to begin with, and adding two extra weeks to the regular season is just going to put so much more wear and tear on the players. And then... With the, the it would make the playoffs more interesting. Sure, it would also make the playoffs longer, um, and I think you would see, uh, you know, it you would have the best teams, but there'd be two extra teams. It would be a very difficult. Um, I don't know how to put it. It would be a very. Uh, help me out. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, and I can't figure it out. It would just be. It would be. It would be entertaining. But it wouldn't be anything like. I think yeah. I think you would see a lot of players getting fatigued. I think you'd see a lot of players by the Super Bowl they'd be completely burned out. I feel like mm-hmm. only the best that in that situation only the best conditioned team is going to win the Super Bowl. I would love to find a way to lengthen the playoffs, but realistically, I don't think there's a way to do. It. And I also don't want to add teams. Because there's already teams that get in on like eight and eight records, sometimes seven and eight, even seven and nine. Yeah, yeah. I don't want more mediocrity in the playoffs. I think the NFL playoffs are perfect the way they are. The only thing I would change about the NFL season would be get rid of the preseason. I think the regular yeah. season's fine. I think the playoffs are fine. I like it just the way it is. Yeah. So you would cut preseason. Cut preseason. I like that more too. Games, more injuries. Yeah, I like I like getting rid of the preseason. And the preseason's so boring anyway. You're not even you're not playing anyone. It's just like who watches those? Yeah. But it's it, the yeah, nothing matters. But in terms of lengthening the regular season and prolonging the playoffs, that's just more injuries waiting to happen. That's more exactly. early retirements. Yep. Unintended benefit, but I mean unintended consequence, excuse me. I, I just NFL is fine the way it is. Yeah. So the only thing that we can say needs to change is baseball. Yes. Major League Baseball. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention, how do you feel about letting the f- second overall team in the uh, league picking who their opponent is in the wild card round? In baseball. Yeah. Because that, that's also part that's kinda, of it. That's kind of cool. I, they get to pick the team they face? So, yeah. like So, because the first round, the first seed gets a bye, the second team gets to pick who they face. It's kind of edgy. That's, it, that's edgy. That's very edgy. I don't know if I like that, though. Because then they're obviously going to pick... Unless they're like, oh, we want the best competition. But like, if I was that, I'd pick the like the worst out of the. If there were two teams, I'd pick the worst out of the two teams just so I'd win. Unless I, they're like, oh, we want the best competition. I, but. I, I want the team that they hate the most. I want like yeah, yeah, want, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Just to single out Bregman and say, 
we're coming after you. Yeah. We want a rematch. That would be interesting. That so, would be interesting. That's just my take on it. I think it's kind of edgy. All right. Coming up next, the moment we've all been waiting for, the final call fantasy NBA draft. That's coming up next on the other side of Jason's Massasoit Sports Minute. Hey, everyone. This is Jason Snow with the Massasoit Sports Minute. Women's basketball came away with a 74-43 victory last night against Community College of Rhode Island, moving to a perfect 20-0 record. Ty Hawkins is still atop the team in scoring at 32.1 points per game. Next up, the Warriors face Holyoke Saturday, February 15th. Men's basketball, on the other hand, kind of on the losing spectrum of things, as their losing streak extends to five games last night as the Warriors come up short 76-60 against UConn at Avery Point. The Warriors have four players in double digits, but an 18-point first-half deficit was too much to handle. The Warriors look to bounce back tomorrow against Roxbury at home. This has been Jason Snow with the Massasoit Sports Minute. You're listening to Radio Massasoit. We play your music the way you like it. Massasoit Community College is located in Brockton, Canton, and Middleborough. Massasoit Community College, changing lives for 50 years. All right, draft time, guys. Yes. The way this is going to work, each of us has five picks, 15 overall picks in total. We, The goal is build the best core of players you can to start an NBA franchise with. Current players only, and we each only get two max slots. Correct. All right? And to define max slots, only like two MVP caliber players on your roster. Mm-hmm. All right? So no, you know... Uh, NBA my team or 2K my team te- like style <laughs> teams none of that yeah all right so the draft order is gonna go me Jason Ben all right let's go with my first overall pick from the Los Angeles Clippers I'm picking Kawhi Leonard Kawhi oh boy off the board I'm taking Kawhi probably the most complete and player in all the NBA defensive defensive whiz can get to the basket can shoot Playoff experience, championship mentality. I'm starting my franchise with Kawhi. Nice. All right. Very good. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Jason Snow. All right. My For my pick, um, you can't go any other way. Uh, we're going to stay in L.A. for this one. Yeah, I knew this was coming. He wears a crown every every game. Oh, my God. His name's LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if you build a franchise today, he's the most complete player in the NBA just completely takes over. He's the best player in the NBA today, so I'm going to take LeBron James. All right, LeBron. I'm up. Yes, you are. Oh, I can't wait. This is great. I have a lot to pick from, but I'm going to go with, from the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. Ooh. The hometown hero, baby. I'm My family's <laughs> from Greece, and Giannis, um, kind of like... Both sides of the ball, great player. Mm-hmm. Offense, defense, completely unstoppable in the paint, and he's only 25 years old. Right. So, and he has all the all the time in the world to get better. So I'm going with Giannis. Let's all right. Pick. My second pick, fourth overall, from the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh oh. Anthony Davis. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I like it. Stretch five. An, all, another potential defensive uh, candidate, player of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. I think we all know where I might, how I want to build this team. I want defense. Okay, I'm gonna be a defensive <laughs> team. Defense first. Defense wins championships. All okay. right, those all are right. my two max players, Kawhi and AD. 
Jason's now on the clock. He's yes. already picked LeBron James. And I thought you have to surround LeBron around shooters. I think that's pretty much a mainstream philosophy. And Andrew, your last pick kind of guided its way into my pick here. And I'm going to go Kevin Durant. Ooh, all right. I was going to go Steph Curry, but I have to match up with Kawhi and Anthony Davis. And I think standing at seven feet tall, being able to handle, I think Kevin Durant's the pick here. Otherwise, it would have been Steph, but KD is my pick. All right. So. I'm actually going to go with Steph Curry for my second pick. Can't go wrong with that. Because pretty much what you just said, I mean, he can shoot. I want to kind of, same thing with Giannis. I kind of want to surround him with shooters. Mm -hmm. I think Steph Curry is the best point guard in the league when healthy. Mm -hmm. And pass, uh, you know, uh, he can shoot, obviously. Probably the greatest shooter of all time. And, um, yeah, I'm going with Steph. Unlimited range. That's awesome. All right. All right, so this is the point in the draft. So no more. All the max slots are taken. All the max slots are taken. Yep. Budget guys now. Well, not budget guys, but now (laughs) it's no, no, like, MVP, like, bona fide MVP candidates. But you can still pick all-stars. Sure, yeah. And on that note, from the Denver Nuggets, ooh, Nikola Jokic. Ooh, that's a good pick. That's a very good pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. I already have a defensive big man. Now I got an offensive one. I got some twin towers down low with Kawhi out in the wing. Guys, come at me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Jason. I am on the clock, and I'm just doing a little bit of research here because I wasn't expecting you to go there. Um, That was a good pick. That was a really good pick. He can pass, too. I'm going to go. I'm going to continue my... Outlook here of length, ball handling, can do anything on the court. A little bit of an underrated player. You wouldn't expect me to take him, but Pascal Siakam. Ooh. I have the longest team getting the passing lanes, contest <laughs> shots. I have LeBron's my point guard right now. We'll, we'll see how it goes later, but Pascal's my pick. All right. For me, I kind of want I want a wing player. I already have a guy down low and a point guard. I want a wing player. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to pick Luka Doncic. Ooh. That, Ooh, Andrew's He was my mad. next pick. That's a good pick. Andrew's <laughs> mad. That's my pick, baby. I feel Luka. like an idiot now. I should have taken him. Luka was <laughs> yep. my next pick. Yeah. Luke, I was going to take Luka. That's Luka Magic, pick. baby. All right, so now I need. I, I, now I really need a point guard. Yeah. Hmm, who should I take then? Who to pick? Who to pick? Who to pick? You know what? I got one. Yeah. Formerly of the Golden State Warriors. Formerly of the Brooklyn Nets. Formerly of the Los Angeles Lakers. Now of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Okay. Got a lot of offense. I got some offense, but I got some I got defense. Yeah. I still got defense. Mm -hmm. I got a I got a good passing and scoring point guard who can facilitate and pass. A passing big man. A stretch for and probably the best all-around player in the NBA. There was still some youth on that team. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'm, like I'm, look, I'm looking for a head. I might not win right out the bat, but I'm building a dynasty here. <laughs> not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. This next player for me, he, I might draft him a little bit high. I might overdraft him here. But he's on a, he's on a rookie scale deal. He... All right, I'm just going to go out and say it. Jason Tatum. I'm going to go. All right. He's an all-star this year. Yeah. I'm I'm building a team of four four to five guys who can all dribble, pass, and shoot, and he fits my play style. I'm going to go him. I'm going to go Jason Tatum. Spot up in the corner, knock down a few threes, fits LeBron. I like it. 
Ooh. All right. This is gonna this next pick for me is very difficult. Um but I am leaning I am leaning one way. From the Utah Jazz, still on a rookie deal himself, Donovan Mitchell. Not bad. Ooh. Not bad. I like I need I need a shooting guard. Kind of a sleeper pick. I like that. Yeah, he's he's I need a shooting guard and you know, I mean, dunk contest winner. Mm-hmm. Uh has a lot of promise. I think his ceiling is super high. I think he's the best player out of that draft class. So All right. I, I have a lot of uh a lot of respect for him. So you both now you've both taken picks of mine. You took Luca and I was gonna take Tatum. <laughs> we're ruining Jason or we're ruining Andrew's day right now. I'm so confident in my team. I don't even know I don't even know if I want to put Giannis at the four or five yet, so I gotta figure that out, but all right. So with my last pick, I was going to take Tatum. <laughs> but now I might as well just take his teammate. Ooh. From the Boston Celtics. Robert Williams III. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Jalen Brown. Oh, I there thought it go. was going to be Daniel Tice. Oh. Vincent Poirier. Yeah. Semi Ojale. No, I'm 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 taking Jalen. Again, another uh def- a great defensive young player. Mm-hmm. Shoot threes, uh can get to the basket. He again, he could have been an all star this year. Yeah. Very well covered. So I'm so I built my team with the idea of want I want to be defensive minded, but can score from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh Russell would be is gonna Great point guard. I would line it up as Jokic is my five, Davis in the four, uh, Kawhi's the three, Jalen's the four, Jalen's the, th- the two, and uh, obviously Russell's the one. Yeah. So I went for defense and all around shooting. I like that. That was that's what I went for. All right, Jason, your final pick. All right, my final pick here coming. You know what? He's starting the All Star game this year. Uh oh. But he's still on a rookie deal. I don't really need any more size. I need some ball handling. I need some facilitating. I especially need more three-point shooting. Trey Young. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Because I can hide him on the defensive end with Pascal and KD. I don't really need a true big man because I'm team length at this point other than Trey Young. I need some spot-up three-point shooting. He fits what I need, so I'm going to go Trey Young. I like that. I like that. So my last pick... I need a center. You, I was gonna say you need some size. I need a, I need You're some small. size. I need some I need some defense and I need some size. I'm gonna go with the reigning defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert Ooh. from the Utah Jazz. Good pick. Good pick. He's an all star again this year. Yep. Not, not again. First time all star, but all star. Uh locks down the paint. Um one of the best defenders in the league. You could argue he's he is the best defender. I mean, like I said, coming off defensive player of the year. Uh, he is that defensive anchor for the Utah Jazz, so I think he's going to be the anchor for this team. And I mean, you got Giannis and Gobert down low. That's a tough, it's a tough matchup. All right. So, you want to recap the teams? Yeah, I'll, I'll go through. So, okay. Team Jason, Team Jason Snow, mm-hmm. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam, Jason Tatum, Trey Young. Team Ben, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. My team, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Brown. These are good teams. 
These are good teams. Yeah. Again, we're gonna po- we will post these rosters online. We will let you guys vote for them and see who you like best. My team's gonna win. Uh, I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if my team is gonna win the poll, but I I think my team would win a matchup head on head with you guys. I got a, I got a lot of skill on my team. I got a lot of skill between. You guys are gonna be able to score, but yeah, you can't play defense. Ooh, you're speak guys, for yourself. You, besides, go back. You can't. You can't defend on the wing. Durant, Siakam. You're not defending on the wing. Yeah, I am. Ben, who are you defending with? Luca and Donovan can play a perimeter defense. Oh, please. Sure, they can. No. Steph might be a liability, but Donovan and Luca will be able to figure it out. Giannis and Gobert got the paint locked down. You ain't coming inside. It ain't happening. Fine, but all my guys can shoot, and I can pull all you right. from. I can pull your guys out. Giannis, Giannis will be the 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 star of my team. I'm I'm so ready to run a 2K simulation <laughs> with these. <laughs> I'm confident in my team. That is all the time we have here on the final call. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Final Call MCC and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. For Jason Snow, Ben Mimaritis, I'm Andrew Fantuccio. This is the final call. We're signing off here on Radio Massasoit. Must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much coffee.